Alright, so I want to dedicate our shir today to a two-year-old who just had a stroke. Her name is Shana Tzipora Henya Bas Chaya Chavit for a full Kreva Shlema. There's a lot of, lot of things that uh, we look for in life that we want to achieve, want to accomplish. Everyone has different things that they look for in life that want to make happen in their life. Everyone's different. There's something I think that we all have in common. Everyone wants to change. Everyone wants to, to be different, to develop something in, that they have, they could be, and to get there. Everyone wants to change. And this, change, this talent of change is something that is very relevant to the time that we're in right now. It says in the Book of Formation that every month is associated with one of the 12 senses that we have. It says in Sefer Yetzirah, every, every month is associated with different scents. And the month of Elul is associated with Asiyah, the month of action, month of doing. When, when God created the world, it says He made the world, Ashabara Elohim, God created the world, Litakein, Lasot, that the world should be corrected, to be fixed. What about elite month? Ah, 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 very good, very good. I have to go, go do my homework, look, 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 book of formation, very good, I don't know. 13 senses? I don't know, I gotta check that out. I don't remember. So, um, so this, um, this ability, this chush, this talent, to change, the tutikun, has in it two components. One component of this is, is to see the situation as it really is. To really look at where you are right now, on the one hand. And the other part of this talent is, is to see where you could be, where you should be. Where you are, and where you could be. On the one hand, even if a person is really down, and he feels like he's going to stay stuck his whole life, he's going to die a certain way, the power of, of tikkun, the power of change, is the ability to see beyond where you are right now, and to see how you could develop, how you could be different. That's the special talent that Hashem gives us this month, especially because it says that this month Hashem is like a king who comes to a field. Ordinarily, the king is in the palace. You hear, David? When the king's in the palace, you've got to be someone special to speak to the king. And even if you're special, you have an appointment, and even if there's an appointment, there's protocol, where you couldn't, you can't say. The month of Elul, God's like a king who comes to a field, and anyone who wants to could approach the king, and the king greets everyone with a beautiful face and a smiling face, we're going to ask Hashem for, for anything. So this is a month, the best month of the year to work on this tikkun, to work on this, this change that we all dream of we, we could accomplish. I don't know who is into this, but many people are into the Olympics that are happening right now. The, oh, yeah? I didn't know even. I see someone's into it. He knows exactly when to finish. Very good. So the Olympics this year was in Japan. And in the Olympics, people work their whole life. They put in an unimaginable amount of, of t- years of their life to win, and to win by a, by a quarter of a second, you know, to win by a tenth of a second, to win the, whatever, whatever uh, challenge it is, in racing and swimming. And, and the truth is that it's hard to understand what, what drives people to do this, what drives people to go so far. Really, human beings aren't really the best at, uh, uh, there are records out there, breaking records, but there aren't really records. You know, if we were to do the Olympics against animals, we would really be, be uh, 
we, we, we will lose very, very, any, in any of these various challenges. Let's talk about, for example, racing. Uh, who's the, the fastest 100-meter dash? I think it's, it's nine-point-something seconds. So what, let's, say, let's say we would go against a cheetah. You know, a cheetah is in six seconds, does a 100-meter dash. That's just a cheetah. Now if we, we talk about the Pelican Falcon, the Pelican Falcon goes in 320 kilometers an hour, so it's even faster. If we talk about there's a certain kind of, of namalasara, there's a certain kind of insect that it, it goes about a thousand times the size of its body in a second. So a human being, the fastest human being, is able to go about six times his length in a second. Six times your length in a second. That's as fast as a human being can go. But isn't this namala, this, 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 this ant, it is in Sahara, it's able to go a thousand times its length in, 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 a, uh, in a second. So that's just in the, in the tchum, that's just in the arena of racing. What about in swimming? The swordfish, I think, goes like 70 kilometers an hour, right? That's, so we couldn't win the swimming again in the, against the swordfish. What about in, in uh, lifting weights? Lifting weights, there's, there, there are beetles. Elephant. There are elephants, there are beetles. That are, they'll do far more beyond human being. There's, there's one um, insect that's able, it's the strongest of all creatures, is able to raise, lift up, 1,800 times its weight. Wow. So, so, that, so, so the, the comparison to, to uh, Sas Parsika would be if you'd be able to lift up six double-decker buses full of people. So, so we're certainly not going to be able to uh, compete in weights. And, uh, or what, what, about, what about the, the what's it called, the jump? What's that, I think called the... High jump, the high jump. Huh? The long jump. So a fly, a fly can jump two hundred times its two hundred times its size. So we would totally be bankrupt if we were to compare ourselves uh, to all these different creatures. And yet people are so into breaking records. Why are they so into breaking records? Where does it come from? So the Baal Shem was a following parable to help us understand a lot about life. This is a fascinating parable. He says there was a guy who was. Um, He's, walk, he's walking in the street, the wealthy man walks in the street, and he hears someone play a song. Wow, what a beautiful song. Play it again. He gives him another $10, another $100. Play it again, play it again, play it again, Sam. And he plays it again and again and again, and the guy finally gets the song. He, and this becomes his song. He goes with the song to pray, he goes with the song to eat, goes with the song to sleep, he, he goes with the song to the business. He's singing the song every single day. And one day he wakes up in the morning and he can't remember his song. He lost his song. So what does he do? He puts up a, a advertisement in the newspaper. If anyone can bring me back my song, I will reward them tremendously. And people come and they play all kinds of music in front of him. And this is a great song, a fascinating song, but it's not my song. And everyone's coming to try to play the song that the guy, the guy lost, but no one can, can replace that song. In a similar way, Baal Shem Tov says, when this, each of us, a few years ago, we were in heaven. Remember that? We were in heaven. And we were singing to God, and we were, we, were, we were connecting with Hashem, and we were enjoying the light of the Shekhinah, the light of God's radiance. So, when we come to the world, we lose that light, we want to replace it. We want to replace that, that experience. And we can't really replace that experience, because that's something which is so amazingly beautiful and pleasurable, there's nothing that, that can replace it. So what happens is like this. There's a sort of chain Hashem made in the world. There is the inanimate, there's vegetation, there's animal, and there are humans. 
You take something which is inanimate, a seed, you put it into the soil, and what happens? It grows. It becomes. It leaves its limitations. It leaves its its borders, and it becomes a plant. But the plant also wants to grow. So what happens to the plant? The plant becomes food for the animal, and the animal also wants to go beyond its limitations of animal, and it wants to be going to the level of the human. But even. But what about the human? Where, where do we want to go? We want to break it out out of our shell, out of our limitation, out of our box. Where do we want to go? Zebra so Hashab said that where we want to go is to connect to God. A Jew has this feeling, I want to connect to Hashem. I want, I want to get back my song. I want to be close to Hashem. And because we have such a great yearning, we don't know what to do with this. So, a friend of mine told me yesterday, he says, when you see someone running at you at 20 miles an hour, and they're running into you, you, you have two things you could do. One is you could say, stop, stop, stop. Or you could try to direct them to where they need to go. So the name of this week's Torah portion is... Yeah, <laughs> but then they, you lost out all that energy. Where is that energy supposed to go? It's going the wrong direction. So, so the name of this week's Torah portion is Shoftim, which means to judge. And so that means Hashem tells us we have to judge our gates. Our gates means where we are heading, where we think, what we're thinking about, what we're, or our eyes, all different openings in our, in our life, our ears and our eyes and our mouth. And where are we going? Are we going with that, with that power Hashem gave us? Some people, you know, they use such great energy to, to, to... I was just... Last week I was in Utah, and I saw this guy trying to climb this mountain in, in, in Zion, and he's going straight up. You know, people use this, this ambition, this just to go after, like, climbing a mountain, you know, like using all this energy to climb a mountain. Some people use it to get the best car and to get the best house and to get the best job and to get the best... And, and, and so the, God tells us this month to, 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 to evaluate... Where you really want to get to? There was in in Israel, nineteen twelve. There were these two brothers, Isidore Strauss and Natan Strauss, who uh, they moved to Israel. You heard of them? Very famous, wealthy brothers. And unfortunately, uh, Natan, he very wealthy. They came to to Israel. Isidore, he walks on on the on the street of Shari Shemaim, the street of the gates of heaven. Thank you, in uh, in Israel. And he sees somebody on the street, and he sees the guy doesn't, he looks like he's so, such a nebuch, he's so unfortunate. So he goes over to the guy and he says, I want to help you. And he pulls out a couple of hundred, he says, here, I'm going to help you. And this guy is, you know, wow, thank you so much, shukoyach. And then a few seconds later, what, is, what happens? He sees this guy go to the house of someone who unfortunately lost their legs, and he gives this guy the, hundred, the few hundreds that he received from this, from this uh, um, Isidore Strauss. This is Natan Strauss. They're both very, very generous. They created clinics in Israel, hospitals, and they created um, not food shelters. What's it called? Um, uh, food, food soup kitchens. Soup kitchens. Um, in fact, uh, uh, Isidore Strauss unfortunately died in the Titanic. He and his wife went to, to, to see this amazing ship, you know, in the United States, and all the passengers died. So Natan Strauss, he felt like he has to, he has to give back. He has to use this. This, it, God saved his life. He was plan, planning to go with his brother. Long story. He has to give back, and so um, he made this, these soup kitchens. In fact, one time he walked in the soup kitchen. This guy's like, he, he didn't like make a thing out of himself. He's like, oh, you're hungry here. I'm gonna give you some soup. You know, like he, he was. That was the kind of guy he was. So with all of his wealth, he made these. He made the Strauss Hospital. All the tremendous um, acts of humanitarian kindness that still endure till today. This, um, this uh, Natan Strauss was once asked, hey, you want to you help this city? There's, there's a city of only sick people. You want to help this city? He says, sure, I'd love to help the city. So 
you helped the city, they told him, and we'll name the city after you. We'll call the city Natan. He said, no, no, no. The city should be called Natanya. The gift of God. That's, that, that's why it's called this. You heard of Natanya? Natanya's name after this Natan Strauss. So, wow. So, so, so he felt like all of the things that God had given him, it, it's for something. And, and he did something with his wealth, which is beyond, you know, using all different things that Hashem gives us for the physical, realizing there's something far deeper, for something far more important than what we could see with our eyes. And that's the, the theme of this month, is to try to channel where we're going to go in the right places. There, um, this past Shabbos, I was in uh, Las Vegas, a young man there who was telling me how horrible it was when he was in yeshiva. Why was it so horrible in yeshiva? It was horrible in yeshiva because he felt that all of his different you know, teenage hormones were going out of whack and, and there was no one who was giving him guidance on how to, to deal with them. And he said, I tried to, it says in the, the Rizal writes, that when you say Shema with incredible concentration, that's a tikkun, that's something that rectifies your soul. And he says, I did that and it didn't help and it got worse. And, no, and, and, I, was, and I was going crazy in myself. There's a, there's, there's a teaching of the Talmud. The Talmud says, a mouse does not steal. A hole steals. You have a mouse running around your house, eating all the stuff in your house, right? So what do you do? You say, I've got to catch that mouse. You catch the mouse, okay, you caught the mouse, but there's still a hole where more mice will come in. You're not solving anything by taking care of the mouse. Sometimes you see something happening inside of you, making different kinds of mistakes, recurring mistakes. You could say, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn more Torah. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more charity. Those are great things you need to do. But the Torah says, how do you find God? You find God from there. What does there mean? These two guys are on a street corner in somewhere in Jerusalem. And one guy says, when he sees the other guy, he says, what are you doing? I'm looking for my wallet. I lost my wallet. You lost your wallet. I'm going to help you. And they're at the street corner and they're looking for the wallet. And they can't find a wallet. Well, it's a pretty, no, not such a small thing. And, he can't, and he looked, they're there for like a half an hour trying to find the guy's wallet. He says, tell me exactly where you dropped it. I dropped it two blocks down that way. So, so, so why are you looking over here? I'm looking over here because here's where the light is. A lot of, we, we gravitate a lot of times to looking for the correct problems, which are more like looking for the, the mouse, not looking for the hole. And the Torah says in this month, look for Hashem. You know where Hashem is? Hashem is the place called there. The place, it's amazing how we, we, we attribute all kinds of faults to everyone else. We don't look at ourselves. There was a, a doctor, Philip Weiss. Philip Weiss was a doctor in Vienna in, 18, in the 1860s. He was a Jewish doctor. And he discovered something incredible. A, Dr. Philip Zemmel Weiss, he was working, he was the head of, the, of a birthing clinic in Vienna. And in, in that time, in his clinic, 20%, 20% of all mothers died in his clinic. There was there was epidemic. There things people, but there was a near, but there was a near, nearby. There was midwives. They had their own clinic, and two percent died, three percent died, four percent died. Not not like in his clinic, and he couldn't figure it out. <clears throat> and he started doing research, trying to figure it out. And until something happened, one of his friends was doing, they did an autopsy on all these women who died to try to figure out where where where, where the uh, disease was coming from. They did an autopsy on this woman, a friend of his, and he cut himself with his own knife, and he got sick, and he died. So Dr. Weiss said, you know what we need to do? We, the, we, need, we need to sterilize our hands. After, after touching all these people who died, sterilize our hands. And when he did this, instead they went down from 20% to 4% until it stopped. There was no deaths anymore. It stopped all the deaths. And he was saying to all of his friends, guys, it's the doctors that are killing the patients. It's all us. We're doing this. We have to sterilize our hands. I think the doctors like to hear that. 
The doctors, are not, they're not like hearing that at all. They say, you're crazy, you're Jewish. Jews wash their hands before they eat. This is a Jewish thing. They put in all the medical journals, this guy is nuts, he's crazy, he's making all up all this stuff, it's in Teotihuacan, it's a Jewish thing, he's Jewish, he's trying to convert the world, he's a retard. And <laughs> what happened was, what happened was that this Dr. Weiss had a nervous breakdown because of all the pressure that they gave him. And unfortunately, he ended up going himself to a, to a mental hospital and he died in the mental hospital because of the, because of the beatings that he got from the staff in the mental hospital. So years later, though, decades later, it was discovered this guy was right. This guy was right. And it just it tells us something about we, we will look at things in our life and we think, oh, this isn't a problem. That's not a problem. It's someone else. We always say, you know, it's, it's someone else is a problem. But Hashem really tells us this month, it's a time to look inside and see where the hole is that things are coming through. The Talmud says that the evil inclination, the Yitzhahara within us, is similar to at first to a, sp- to a string of a spider's web and then it becomes this thick cord. You don't realize when it's coming into you. It could be like a book that you're reading, a friend that you're speaking to which isn't a good influence on you. It could be music that you're listening to. It could be something, you're letting something into you which is bringing you down. You don't even realize it's bringing you down because, because you get used to it and you let it in inside of you. Like the Talmud says, if, someone's, if someone is uh, on the road, Rabbi Hananya says, someone's on the road, and he makes his heart empty to vain things, he deserves a death penalty. And the meaning of this is, is that you're in a dark space in your life, you think it's, it's harmless, but you're, don't make a hole to let stuff in that you don't need in your life. This is the month that Tereshem tells us, put judges on your gates, look at what you're looking at, look at what you're hearing, look at what you're, look at what you're thinking about, look, look at those things and see, don't say it's harmless, look at where it's leading you to. And this is a month where Hashem tells us, no matter what's going on, you're able to get home. You're able to get home. Of course you have to add in all the good things and learn Torah and Davin and kindness, but try to also figure out if something's bringing you down consistently, don't let go of that. You know? don't, don't let that in. There was a, I don't know if this is a true story or not. Probably not a true story, but it's a very powerful message. There was a mother who's, basically long story short, there was a guy who was on a train. And at every platform and every stop of the train, he runs out of the train and he sees... And he's looking around on the platform. Another guy, another passenger, he says, what are you doing? You're so nervous, every, every stop, platform, who are you looking for? He says, listen, I stole. I'm a thief. And because I stole, I went to jail. And I went to jail, my father died, he had a heart attack. He was heartbroken because of what I did. My mother was also upset at me, and I don't think that she wants to see me ever again. I don't blame her. So I wrote a letter to my mother. I told my mother, I just got out of jail, I was there for three years. I'm going far, far away from home. I don't think you want to see me. But in case you do, my train is going to pass by our hometown. There are seven stops in our hometown where this train passes through. So I, if you want to see me, put out a yellow scarf on the platform. I know that you want to see me. So he goes out every stop to see if there's a yellow scarf. He doesn't see any yellow scarf. So guy says, how many stops are there left? He says, another two stops. The next stop, he goes out. There are yellow scarves covering, a thousand yellow scarves covering the whole platform. And there is a woman wearing a huge yellow scarf waiting for him. That's, that's what Hashem is doing for each of us this month. The king is in the field. Hashem is saying, you think, you think I don't want you to come home? <laughs> I want you home. You're my child. Come home. Let go of all the other stuff and welcome back home. We should put the judges and the policemen at our gates where we're looking at we're, and, and, and to realize that... Whoops. Ah, should be Mazel and Bracha and Simcha.